All right, how's everybody doing? Welcome back to You Don't Know Ball. Got another fun episode for you guys today. And today, we are going to be ranking every offense in the NFL, 32nd to 1st. Got Hunter here with me. We're excited to bring this to you guys. So, start off right here, number 32. Get right into it. Yeah, we have the Arizona Cardinals. I don't really think this is much of a surprise. There's a chance Kyler Murray might not even play next year. And it's like Colt McCoy, I believe, is the backup. And D-Hop is gone. I really feel bad for Hollywood Brown because I really do like him. James Conner. I mean, I just don't see like if you're a Cardinals fan, I truly do feel bad for you because that is going to be a rough year. Like, I don't want to jinx it. And I'll knock on wood before I say this. I thought about like, what if Justin Fields like tears his ACL? I don't know if I could watch the season. And that's probably how Cardinals fans feel. Yeah, the Cardinals this year is just again, there's just nothing elite about the roster on offense. Like I've said before. And, you know, it's just a lot of young guys that need to prove themselves. And just the online situation just isn't it. The Kyler Murray situation we know is just a huge question mark. Cardinals offense is going to be the worst thing in the league as far as offenses go. My thing is, too, I just want to point out real quick. Paris Johnson's going to be starting at guard, I guess. Or starting at guard? As of right now. Where I'm did like, you see that? Well, right here, uh, I'm using the PFF model where they, they line up. That, uh, not only is he a guard on here, but then so I caught my eye. I'm like, all right, hold on a minute. Come over here to the Cardinals depth chart. Sure enough, he is listed as a starting left guard right now. Um, Calvin Beach from starting at right there, tackle. DJ Humphrey starting at left tackle. There's so, no chance. Well, they still got Kyler Murray playing, though. Because I'm going to say there's no way they drafted him at six to play guard. That's the thing is, th- but this one's on the official website. So it's like, I don't know. Like, that's I, like <laughs> typical, typical Cardinals poverty move. <laughs> this is exactly the point. Look at this. You have a live example right here. Just catching us live. We don't even Bro. see this coming. Uh, this is exactly why the Cardinals are stuck here at 32 right now. They sent Zach Ertz there to die. Oh, dude, that's atrocious. That's <laughs> sad. And then, then they go to the, the Super ring. Bowl. Oh, wait, he did get the ring. At oh, wait, wasn't he that? He was there for the ring. That was go. There's the one who got sold out, actually. Oh, I'm thinking of Trey Burton. That is the year before, I think. Because they were there. I'm all no, over the place. They were there at the same time. That just would have been, yeah, no, that would have been, Trey Burton would have been getting more snaps at the time. Not more than Zach Ertz, but a lot more than, yeah, no, that was before. Because then he came to you oh, guys God. next, right? Z- did he get? Did he come Trey to the Burton? He did. came to the he Bears to the next. Bears. That is atrocious. Yeah, Hollywood Brown, Zach Pascal, and I mean, I like Greg Dorch and Rondell Moore, but well, I mean, as I say, as looking at, if I'm understanding this correctly, bless you, thank you. If I'm understanding this correctly right now, bro, I mean, Zach Pascal or Hollywood Brown is your number one, and it's like, I don't know, it's not an ideal situation, regardless. <laughs> yeah, just uh, unfortunately, it's not. Yeah, sorry as Cardinals fans, but this is nothing new for you, probably. Yeah, this offseason's been rough. All right, 31. Uh, you guys are probably expecting like an, uh, the Rams here, but we're actually going to go Titans because one of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst offensive lines in football and Derrick Henry and Tannehill only get a year older besides, besides Traylon Burks. Like, what is that offense? Like, realistically, like, take Vrabel out of the picture. Like, what is that offense? Well, I was just going to say, too, my, it kind of goes along with that. My thing is, look, we talk a lot about identities, right? Yeah. My thing is, right. They we were know. the worst pass blocking team in the league last year. And the. My bad. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no. We're getting we're getting a last and, and the 12th run blocking team. So, again, and that's the thing. is, So we know. We know the Titans, 
their yeah. identity is running the ball, right? And running the ball efficiently. And this year does not look even viable. That does not look like it's going to be the case. Even if Derrick Henry has another amazing year, the old line is just not going to be up to snuff at all. Yeah. Tannehill's just getting worse, getting older, getting hit more because the line is terrible. And Traylon Burks is your number one. I like Traylon Burks a lot. I think he's got a high upside, but yeah. a little early to throw him into that just number one situation already. Um, they he do, showed his flashes, but just this offense is just not exciting. They do have all. Skronsky. They did draft Skronsky, but like they signed like uh, Andre Dillard to be their starting left tackle. And um, Petit Frere, Nicholas Petit Frere graded at a 52 last year. And had a really and tough he's the right year. tackle. So, I mean, there's a real chance that like, um, I do like, a quonquo. No, good young player. I do right like there. him. But like there's a real chance like Levis comes in at some point in this year, and it's like you're just gonna go through these learning curves. Like the Titans better chalk it up. Like there's too many like optimistic Titans fans out here. Like you're going to suck this year. Let's no, yeah, and, and I don't blame them. Vrabel's giving you guys that pedigree to feel yeah. that way at this point. But again, it's just uh this is gonna be a humble yourself year. It happens to every franchise, you know. Titans fans is gonna be that this year for you guys. And this is strictly offense. Like, obviously, their defense is decent. Like, I'm not hating on that, but from an offensive standpoint, like, please tell me you're excited to watch the offense. Like, lie to me and tell me that it's not gonna happen. That is cap. Number 30, we have the Rams. So we talk about this a lot. It's just like outside of Stafford and Cup, like, really, what is there? Literally, tell I mean, that's the thing is, is somebody that, see, and this is like I was saying, I think personally, I don't know how you felt, but it feels a little disrespectful to have them this low, yeah, with Cup and Stafford on this roster. But then again, you remind yourself, okay, look, it's just minus them, really. What is there? You have uh, could care less Allen Robinson, yeah, right? I mean, is that not how he is nowadays? Well, Allen Robinson got, is on the Steelers, oh, it's no, Demarcus Robinson, bro. That's I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm having a brain cramps. That's right. Yeah. So, so chalk that, make it even worse. Now you have, yeah, the careless Al Robinson is over there playing for Mike Tomlin. I think it might change his ways a little bit, but yeah. So literally then, yes, then take it. If you like K makers, you like K makers, uh, K makers. I kind of changed my tune of how I feel about him after these past few seasons. He's still a talented back though. But again, how much does running back carry you in today's NFL? Hardly at all. Not with a weak O line like that. That's exactly. And it's like, you have the potential for the best O-lineman on this group to be their rookie, Steve Avila. Like that, honestly, there's a good chance yeah. he ends up being the best like O-lineman on the team this year. And when it's a rookie, that's not a case you want to be in. And if Stafford regresses again, injury still bugs him. The floor for this team is atrociously low. Oh, it's bad. I mean, like they were 24th in path. Pat, oh, we that was bad. We had they we were, had Al Robinson on the Steelers, and then we had that. <laughs> the Rams are fucking us up. They were 24th in pass blocking and 19th in run blocking. So, not a very good O line. And it's like Stafford is older. Like, you know, if he gets hurt, like, really, like, who are they? Are they still rolling with Wolford? That so I'm actually glad you asked that. I was just thinking the same thing. Hold on. We're going to pull up the Rams depth chart live because I know it's either going to be him. Okay, no, and that's right, because I remember say Stetson Bennett, where they do they draft Oh, I, I do like Stetson Bennett. I think that's really in that interesting. Offense. Him, and, He's their third string. No, they actually have Brett Rippon as their second string. Interesting. It's just, yeah, I don't, that's not too exciting for a backup situation, so. No. And it, yeah, no, this team is, has a, such a low floor. If Brett Rippon has to step in and go for a long period of time. What a step down. It's just, what a step down from what they were. And like, remember like a couple years ago, it was like the NFC West. Like such a, dominant division and now you're saying we're like how is this ever going to stop like they're going to be so stacked for so long it's the seahawks and the 49ers 
And the That's Seahawks it. are volatile, like we say. The Seahawks I don't are spoil volatile. anything about where they have them. I'm I'm really high on them. I'll say that. Number twenty nine, we have oh something that I, I'll start doing. Um, the last year's rank Cardinals, we put them at thirty two. Last year they're thirty. Titans at thirty one. Last year they're twenty three. Rams at thirty. Last year they were twenty five. So I'm going to read last year's rank too. The Panthers, we have them at 29. Last year, they ranked at 26th offense. I don't know. I mean, like, I get, like, getting your guy. And, like, I don't think the Panthers are wrong for making the trade. I just, like, giving up your best, like, receiver to sign Adam Thielen. I know you had to get him, but at the end of the day, it's like, I know you. it's easier to replace receivers than Ed Rushers and everything like that, but it's just like, what? You're going to develop with, like, DJ Shark and fucking adam thielen like I, I, that's i don't know that's it's like we were saying he's set up to have just you know a moderate rookie i think and i you know and, you know be listening for any period yeah. of time now you know you know how high i'm on bryce young i know you know how high i am it's this weird thing with the panthers where i think eventually though they will put uh, like a good situation per se around bryce, yeah. right like it, just a real nice solid situation but i just can't see the time frame or how that's going to happen with how things are set up right now to your point yeah. because it's a really just this is the definition of mid. Like, I think if we had to point to like the most mid offense in the whole league, this probably is the one I'm pointing to. Because again, nothing about it is atrocious. Right. Nothing about it's terrible. Like, it's just very well-roundedly average. Like, like every position. It's the weirdest offense because it's like the only one I can think of that's like this. But that really is how they are. I will say though, if Icky can make a big jump, you know, left tackle. I like Icky. Yeah. I love Icky. I think that that's a guy who you're going to be able to build around him and Bryce. That's going to be a nice pairing for a long period of time. Yeah. But that's the point is I think there's only two guys I can name on the offense that I see a ton of upside in. So here's another issue that like I people like the move on that, and I understand. Okay, so Miles Sanders is going into his fifth year. Last year was the first time he eclipsed a thousand yards and had eleven touchdowns. He had 800 before, 800 before, 700, and then he had three touchdowns, six touchdowns, no touchdowns. But he's running behind that offensive line that is stacked, and they had A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith, so there's so many weapons on offense. Paying him four years for $25 million, I was never that high on Miles Sanders. He had a great year. I don't want to take that away from him, but like, I, there's no way he replicates, in my opinion, what he did with the Eagles last year. No, even close. Well, no, 100%. And not only that, bro. My thing is, too, uh, they let Dante Foreman go to you guys. Yeah. Uh, my question has been, ever since this whole process started, do they really not think Dante Foreman was producing at the exact same clip that, that um, Sanders is going to be producing at? Yeah. I just... I don't see the jump. I thought Dante Foreman was overperforming yeah. with a bad Panthers roster last year. And then again, yeah. And he, and then vice versa over here with Miles Sanders. So it's like, I don't know. I just don't understand that move. It's a waste of cap, in my opinion. So the Panthers did have uh, the 10th best pass block last year, but they, I believe for run block, they were 22nd. So it's like, I no one's, it's not doing um, Miles Sanders any favors, like at all. No, yeah, and, you know, running backs, we know how fast they age. It's like, that could be his best year of his career. Very likely, yeah. that was the best year of his career, and now it's He's 26. Just, it's downhill from here, and that's, again, I could be totally wrong, but if we're looking at how about 80% of running backs are going to perform, and if he's on that trajectory, yeah. that's how it's going to go. Um, number 28, the Colts. Last year, they were 29, so they moved up a spot. Um, I think this really just comes down to Anthony Richardson being probably the rawest of the rookie quarterbacks, and, um, you know, like, Michael Pittman is kind of coming into his own and like Alec Pierce, it's his second year in the league. 
I just don't see that pass game being like anything. And it's like eh, the, the offensive line took a step back last year. So a lot has to happen for them to like be like a semi-productive offense. No, a lot of things do have to happen. I mean, it's, it's to the point where, so again, last year, Bernard Raymond arguably performed better than Quentin Nelson. And again, if you're a Colts fan, it's really rough to hear that. But that's the reality <laughs> situation right now. Yeah. So like you're saying, if the what was the core of the team for so long is not the core of the team anymore, we're going through kind of a rehashing process here of what is the core of the team. Like yeah. we're saying, core of the team now is going to be the read option with A. Richie and Jonathan Taylor. But that only carries you so far. I think the receiving core, I may be a little more high on them than you, but I do completely agree that this year you're not going to see anything big jumps. You're not going to see... I do think it's the perfect pairing to grow with Anthony Richardson. I think it's actually going to be a really good unit in the future. Yeah, yeah. But right now, because you got a lot of height, you got a lot of good things about him. Mo Alley Cox will yeah, be Mo like Cox, a good dump just off. Big, another big target for him. You know, you get you got a lot of big targets for a big quarterback, yeah. and that bodes well usually. But again, at the end of the day, it's just offense is not going to be anything special. They're going to win games by keeping the clock moving. But I do think they're not going to be as bad as a lot of people think, which is why we don't have them as low as a lot of people have them. I think if they can just teach a rich to like if they just can make it like a dump off offense i think they'll be in like actually really good shape going into like next year i think as long as you can just build his confidence up in the past game like the long game is there it's been there so and his legs are there so just build that short game i think they'll be on the rise i mean like that's the thing is like when we were ranking these it, it got hard because like there's a lot of good offenses in the league it's it's an offensive league and that's what teams have like paid into oh, so. absolutely next at 27 and people are probably not going to like this people are gonna be so sick at us we have the giants who were ranked 22nd last year they have darren waller yes saquon barkley is still unsigned now do i think he's going to be anywhere else but new york no um but it's just like bro it's like daniel jones had 15 passing yards or passing touchdowns last year like show like I don't know. Like, tell me you trust in that. Well, you no, know, there's a lot of things Like, again, we talk about volatility. Like the Giants have an upside where John Michael Schmidt could be an amazing center's rookie year and go crazy. However, none. But there's also that opposite side where he could have an, a rookie year just like Evan Neal did. And then if Evan Neal doesn't make a jump again, you're all of a sudden looking at one of the worst. Uh, yeah, one of the worst at that point O-line groups in the league, which and again, that is, this is contingent on those things happening. But if it does, and Andrew Thomas is the only person holding down that one side of the line. Things can get rough quickly, no matter how good of an offensive mind Dable is. And they just don't have tons of weapons. We know, yes, they, like you said, they did, they gave Daniel Jones some new weapons, but it's nothing like awe inspiring. No. It's nothing absolutely game changing. It's just, they're, they're nice, solid additions, but that was because the Giants were already as bare bones as possible. Evan Neal had a, had a horrible rookie year. Um, Andrew Thomas is great, but Evan Neal ranked um, 80th out of 81 tackles that were graded via P, uh, PFF. And the Giants were, 24th last year in pass blocking and 14th in run blocking. So like middle of the pack, like, I mean, Isaiah Hodgkins Hodgins is your number one. So, I mean, you have Waller, but Waller has been old and injured. So Slayton could be back. Paris Campbell, like the receiving core isn't like the worst, but it's like, if you go receiver for receiver with a lot of teams, they're not beating them out. If Hodgins gets injured, I would they they might jump to the worst. That's what that's the thing that's so crazy about it is it's like no no way they pass the Titans. Yeah, I guess that's true. I that's the point. The if they Titans at least go to thirty one. Yeah, so yeah. it's like that's the thing is talk about volatility. Like that is volatile already in itself, and they're just yeah they're just a scary offense and not in a good way. I agree. So um, number twenty six here. Um, you know, 
I don't know. I'm just strangely high on them, and I I I, I like them a lot. I like the Texans. Last year, they were ranked number 32nd. Um, I think CJ Stroud's gonna have a decent year. I think they got him. Um, like they, he he has like enough on offense. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not he going in like set to die. Like he's got Mechie coming back. Nico Collins showed out. They got him Dalton Schultz. They have Robert Woods, Damian Pierce. Like the offensive line is okay. Like Shaq Mason, Larmy Tunsil. Um, they're good. They're good enough to be like a, a, a like a semi productive offense. No, for sure. And hey, we talk about hot takes. I got a good hot take for you right here because this is a sentence I don't think L has been uttered yet in football <laughs> media. But I got one for you right here. Okay. I genuinely can see John Mechie and Nico Collins becoming like a, a name of like a good receiving duo like over these next couple of years. Like I, because I'm really. I don't I don't talk about him a lot, but you know, I've been high on Deku Collins for a couple years now since he came in the league. And I think he's getting better each year. And then John Mechie, I've been high on John Mechie's in a super talented receiver. He hasn't had a chance to show us yet. So if they can make this work and get a good combo, or I said a good combo, get a good connection going with CJ Stroud, who we know is just a smart, intelligent young quarterback, like things could get scary fast. And they really could. So I in a good way in this case. Trying to look for a tweet from Ian Harris. Um basically what he put out is that even when Brandon Cooks is on the field, um, Nico Collins was getting 24% of that target share where Cooks was only getting 2% more. So he's been like a focus of that offense even last year. I mean, and people were obviously weren't talking about the Texans, but like Nico Collins is already doing it. So like he could do it this year and step up. And I really think people are... People, I think people forgot about John Mechie too. People, that's he. You talk about honestly, yeah. Like if you talk about players that are in just a complete like they're they're like flying under the radar. Yeah. He's got to be like number one or two. Has to be, has to be. All right, number twenty five. We have the Packers. Last year they were ranked twelfth. Packers are um, really boomer bust team for me, in my opinion. I, I think Jordan Love will play better than people think, but um, it's just like. Like, can you tell me their offense just isn't mid from like a, a like like two of their starters on offense are rookies, Reed that, and Musgrave. That is so, and that that was the main thing I was just gonna say, bro. Is where it's like again, because you know I'm high on both of these prospects. Yeah, I do yeah. genuinely think they're gonna be both game changing, game impacting players in the next couple of years. However, again, rookie year it's really hard for that to be the case. You know, it'd be hard for either of them, and just from a technical standpoint, to get over like what 750 receiving yards. Just, just it's hard to do that as a rookie, and hard yeah. to do this in an offense where the quarterback's been in the offense for a short. I don't want to say that; that's not true. But you get my point. Like, uh, yeah, he, has, he, he doesn't have for, a lot of experience, right? He doesn't have a lot of starting experience. It's going to be an interesting situation. But I think I, me personally, I'm a little higher on it, higher on it yeah. than most people because I have been high on Jordan Love. Yeah. Um, you, know, you still have Aaron Jones and it's just that, so you got you get a little you know a little magician back in the backfield you can do a few fun things you can line them up out yeah. wide they still they still have a few I don't want to say X factors but they have things that I like about themselves as an offense but I do also see where it can get really risky if again Jordan Love is a terrible year this could be it's going to go bad quick oh yeah it, I mean like you got to think like he has he has less than 100 pat he has 83 attempts in his career and 600 yards and three touchdowns and three interceptions. So there's really not much to gauge. He's been a backup, um, but he, you know, he was a first round pick. So, and he did sit under Aaron Rodgers for quite a while. So there was an opportunity there for him. Um, moving into 24, 
we have the Patriots, and they ranked 19th last year. And I think this has less to do with like the Patriots stepping back as like an offense and more to do with like other teams getting better. Absolutely. They, they did lose um, Johnny Smith. I don't really know how much of a decrease that is, but like Hunter Henry is their only, you know, really notable tight end. They have Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, but it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, they are literally, uh, I don't know. I'll say, I do think the highlight of the offense is the offensive line. Yeah. Um, it has again, to be. It's, it's not even like they're that crazy. It's not that crazy. You know, line we talk about, I was saying the most mid offense had to be who, who I, I was given the most mid title to who was that? that I think was, it was the Patriots. I was, you know, I was given the most mid-title of the Panthers originally. Oh, okay. So I think Patriots would have to be number two because, again, you just look at it and it's like, there's nothing terrible about it. Nothing even bad about it. It's just it's just so, so average in, in every single area. Um, and like, you know, again, back to Mac Jones. Mac Jones does not make a jump. It's just, uh, where do you even go from there? And I think that's kind of a, was a driving factor too is they just don't have, like we say about identities, I don't really know if the Patriots have a ton of identity right now, which sounds really weird, but it's how I feel about them. And, and Juju's kind of like your number one option. Like, yeah, even though he's not going to play that X role, it's like, he's going to be kind he's your number one option at the end of the day. So I was like, yeah, I, I'm just not a fan of the offense as a whole. It's just like, um, kind of like what you were saying. There's no identity really. And also like you, you were like, I, that point about Mac Jones is so true because it's like, if you don't, move on with Mac Jones after this year. It's kind of like it's, this isn't really an offense you can like build on. Like this is an offense to like keep afloat. No. Yeah. Like that's how I look. I like Stevenson a lot too. Like I don't want to leave him out, but like we know how the Patriots are with running backs. That, I was going to say it's exactly the problem. He, he fumbles twice one day. We're never going to see me again. So it's yeah. Like, I hope not. I really hope not. He's on my dynasty team. I love Ramondre too. So shots to Ramondre, man. Yeah. AK junior. Um, Number 23, we have the Raiders. Last year, they were ranked 12th. Damn, what is going on today? <laughs> Last year, they were ranked 12th. Um, I think this really has to do with like the quarterback. And um, I don't know. I just don't know necessarily if like Jimmy G and Devontae Adams are going to vibe. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know if they're going to vibe. Um, and again, it's like... Rookie situation with the tight end, where yeah, and we know tight end's important to this. Michael offense. Mayer, yeah, he could he could boom or bust, but if he doesn't have a good rookie year, it's kind of like again, we're back to the point where Dante is going to be your number one target. And not that I don't like Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, good targets, but it's just yeah, this this comes back to Jimmy G more than anything. And again, if we're confident in Jimmy G's health, which I'm not very confident in, uh, and it, yeah, so it's just. Like you're saying, bro, something about this offense, just the vibe is not always there. And last thing, it's just the O-line, besides your tackle situation, really, really not good at all. Yeah. No, and, and something I want to point out that like is kind of an interesting point. Um, Devontae Adams has always played with like gunslingers. Like Jimmy G is not that. So like I'm really interested to see like how that works. Like Rodgers and Carr were both kind of like looser quarterbacks jimmy g is not that at all and like i just don't know like how that's gonna look for them like i think like jimmy g is so on script where it's like exactly he's not 
if something's not there, he's going to throw it away or throw the check down yeah. versus exactly. It's like Carr and Rodgers can give you time to get open, run around for you. Let's see, see if something like that's going to work. Hey, that's not going to be a thing anymore, no. especially coming off the injury. Jimmy G is standing in the pocket, and if something's not open, he's throwing either at the floor, sideline, or his running back. At number 22, we have the Commanders. They were 27th last year. This is team. This team is really like up in the air for me because I do think they're kind of like a wild card because we talked about it in our fantasy video with Sam Howell. Their offense isn't isn't bad. Like it's not bad at all. I their receiving core I think is awesome. Like McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. I think they have Logan Thomas as their tight end. Yeah, I mean like he's take it or leave it. They have um, Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson. However you feel about that. Their offensive line is just okay. It's just one of those teams where it's like, I feel I would bet on them being like better than they were worse last year, especially with Eric Bieniemy there. So see that that's my main thing is like, look, you bring Bieniemy over, he's gonna bring some tricks, you know, bring bring some stuff over, and even if there's something crazy, look, you improve the O line situation at least a little bit, even though again, I don't the O line situation still is not it's not good and it's still it still is not good. But, you know, it's just, it was really rough last year. And then I'm with you, though. Logan Thomas, eh. Other than that, though, you got a really good offensive core. I love a lot of things about the offense. I think Sam Howell is definitely, obviously, is a huge mystery. But, hey, again, I think I like the upside versus what the situation was looking like last year. And worst case scenario, shit hits the fan. Well, obviously, the commanders are really kind of a point where if you got to restart, you're going to have to restart with the quarterback. And we know that's what's going to have to happen. So, they are, but they're they're just in a weird spot, and um, I could see them like it's like we're saying they're just uh, they're either going to boom or bust, and so I think we have them in a very good spot here. Yeah. So I so now that I'm looking at the next team we have, I'm okay with like not I don't want to swap them, but I like could see them being swapped. Um, at 21, we have the Commanders. They were the 20th ranked offense last year, so only dropping a spot. I think the issue is not. Like, I think really the issue is like quarterback, like their offensive line is like, it's okay. Like it's okay. Like Werfs obviously is good. Jensen is good. He was just injured last year. Um, from my understanding, um, you know, they have Cody mock, who's going to be stepping in at right guard for them. Cade Otten, I think is a little bit underrated. They have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I really like Rashad white. Russell Gage is wide receiver three, not horrible. Um, but, you know, the quarterback competition between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask is really what sets this team back. No, it does a lot. And it's kind of like, if you're a Bucks fan, I guess the question at this point is, it's like, who do you even want to win the starting job? Like, do you believe in Baker enough that, he's gonna, that anything about that's going to work? Do you believe in Kyle Trask enough that you think he's the future? You know, yeah, the Bucs are a weird situation. And I think, you know, just for me personally, what drove them higher than the other teams, though, is, like, look, you got two at least one surefire future hall of famer, you know, two, two potential ring of honor, at least players that are in this starting receiving core. And it's like, so, and again, Tristan Wurst, one of the best tackles in the league, their floor is higher than a lot of other per se, like bad offenses. So that's yeah. why I think that we got him. I like the spot here too. And Rashad white don't love him, but I do like his upside. I think he could be one of those players that's sneaky this year in fantasy for sure. Yeah. He like, has a sneaky, really good year. They were uh, fourth in pass block and 25th in run block. So, like, if you want to talk about, like, they're definitely a little bit more favorable in the pass game, at least Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask will have time. Like, that's that's really the only, like, plus side of this. Um, 
but yeah, no, it, I'm not. It's not going to be anything exciting, I don't think, at least in Tampa. But I mean, if Baker plays loose and lets it rip, and stranger things have happened in the league, so absolutely, maybe Baker doesn't write back this year. Shit, man, maybe his pen died <laughs> or something. Um, at number 20, we have the New Orleans Saints. They were ranked 17th last year. Me and Dobbs talk about this a lot. I mean, we don't hate the Saints offense. It's just like, dude, I don't know. Like, it's just like, I really like uh, Carr on the Raiders. And then when he came to the Saints, I really started looking at his stats. I was just kind of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, I- I don't know. And with the looming suspension on Camara, you just don't know. And and again, just something about the combo. I really hope I'm wrong. Again, like I hope I'm just jinxing the shit out of it. I would love that. Let's keep. I hope that's what's happening. But it's like I just am really struggling to see a uh, a meaningful growth growth inspiring yeah. connection between Derek Carr and Dennis Allen. And yeah. I know Pete Carmichael's the one calling the plays. But again, same concept goes for Pete Carmichael and Derek Carr. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's just nothing about it sounds. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of adjectives. It just doesn't sound juicy. Like, it's yeah. just not. It doesn't I don't think sound it's, appeal. It's it sounded just, better when it happened in the offseason than it does now that it's settled. No, it did. But on the other hand, look, I think we have a very underrated receiving core. If you don't know about Rashid Shahid, you're going to know this upcoming year. I do like our O line for the most part. Andres Pete, we have got to figure that shit out <laughs> because and I mean, like, the one thing every Saints fan will tell you, dude, is Andres Pete gets paid way too much to just fucking walk around the field or run the wrong direction. He has some good reps. I'm not going to see your neck like he doesn't, but I'd say like seven out of ten reps from Andres Pete, man. I just you're just not going to see him doing exactly what he's supposed to do. You know, something's just going to be off a little bit, and it's just uh, that's that's a big thing in this offense we got to address. But I do like John Johnson. A lot of things about the offense I do like, but it's like at the end of the day, when Derek Carr's the driving force, we just couldn't put them out of a lot of other good offenses. I think it's like a good good thing for... Uh, ooh, we, if Michael Thomas comes back, hopefully, I don't know, finally, a decade later, right. I think this is like obviously also a good thing for Olave. Because well, like, I think he could benefit from kind of like a gunslinger quarterback. He did not get that last year. He so. definitely did not. Hey, he still was arguably the best rookie receiver, so it's like... That yeah. is, you talk about an exciting part of this offense for sure, though. Olave has got Saints fans cheesing. Um, next, we're going to move to 19, and that's the Steelers. They were ranked 16th last year, and we actually think they got better on offense. Um, it's just the fact of like other teams getting better on offense. Like, that's what happens. Like, once we start, once we got to, you know, once we got to like 19 or like 15, it really became like what teams moved up and down based off like, other teams gaining talent, not like they got worse. Um, so the Pittsburgh Steelers, I mean, they added a Rob as like a third receiver. I actually think their offense is going to be better this year. I think Najee Harris is going to be better this year because of the upgraded O line. Uh, Fryermuth is going to take a step forward. They got darn out Washington. I really like the Steelers, um, but I just don't see them competing in a shootout against these other AFC teams. It's really going to be dependent um, on Kenny Pickett taking a step forward. No, absolutely. And you said basically everything I was going to say. I was double on the main point of like, because I'm my my head over here thinking, I'm like, okay, there's like the tiers of teams that are just built averagely. But hear me out for a sec. Because like we said, we had the Panthers. Who else did I have? The Patriots. And it's like the Steelers are like the third really good tier of average here. It's, but it's like they almost break that tier where I don't even want to say that they're average anymore. Yeah. They're just in a well-rounded, like they're just yeah. a good, well-rounded offense. 
above average even per se at most position groups where it's like you're just barely above average but i'd say it at like every position group on offense so i think we got him in a perfect spot right here and again hey if kenny Pickett makes a huge jump hey the steelers could certainly move up like three four or five spots yeah it's just i'm not counting on that versus some of the other teams we have here with young quarterbacks also sitting in this in these similar spots yeah so they were ranked 16th last year i forgot if i mentioned that um 18 you know what we'll do, Dobbs? Once we get to 16, I'll let you go first, and then I'll respond to you. Okay. Just so we can switch it up a little bit. Just right. so I'm not, like, taking no, the points. No, you're good, bro. Um, we definitely can switch that out. At 18, we have the Bears. Uh, last year, they are 24th. I think, like, this is kind of self-explanatory. They made um, some big jumps. They had DJ Moore. I think they really loaded up the running back room. They got Donta Foreman, Roshan Johnson. They were 13th in the run-blocking game last year and uh, 16th in pass block. And I think they upgraded the O-line. They got Nate Davis. They drafted Darnell Wright. Uh, Tevin Jenkins is coming off like a great year. I think he's only going to get better. Um, And, you know, that line is solidified. They got Cody Whitehair at center who, like we talked about, like he's just okay. Like you really can't complain. And then they got DJ Moore and Claypool and, and Mooney as three. So, and Komet and Tanya. So it's like everywhere on the offense, there is like a player. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm like, I'll say it. I'm I'm actually, and it, it, a lot of people are going to rip me for this right now, but it's fine. I don't care. I stick true to myself. You know, I'm not going to let these the haters bother me, but the Bears offense is low-key in line to become electric. It is. It's the Bears offense's line that can become electric. I don't care. It, literally, the only thing that has to happen is Justin Fields has to make a leap passing the ball, which I think is going to happen this year. You made a huge jump on the O-line. You made a huge jump on the receiving core. Good young guys just getting better at every position. The only thing that worries me a little bit is Chase Claypool. We've been hearing that situation is going really shitty right now, um, which is connecting with the team, getting reps, good reps in training camp. All that's not going good. I guess I'm reading here. I don't know. It's just that clickbait headline, but he's teasing a new career. Like, I don't really know what's going on with Chase Claypool, bro. And I think more than anything, if I, I look at him as a wide receiver three now. This, especially for you guys this year, yeah. but it's like, hey, he's not a bad wide receiver three, and wide receiver no. one and two, Mooney and Moore, already awesome combo. Cole Komet, it's a nice, solid tight end. I'm really excited to see Darnell Wright. The Bears' O-line is about to kick ass. That's crazy to say because it has not been that way for so long. The Bears' O-line is coming, dude. Oh, I agree, and I'm going to just say this for the clip. Um, if Justin Fields develops like he should, if the O-line develops like it should, if the chemistry develops between Justin Fields and his receivers like it should and tight ends, they will be a top 10 offense by the end of the year. That's just what I believe. I am a Bears fan, so there's a little bit of bias, but I just think if Justin Fields takes a step in the passing game, there's no way that doesn't happen. I like genuinely can see it, though, even from like the non-Bears fan perspective. I totally can. Okay, so 17. <laughs> they're going to be so They're going to be real mad. Um, the Vikings. They lose to Alvin Cook. I love Jordan Addison. Do not get it twisted. Kirk Cousins on the last year of his contract, but as we mentioned in our last video, last year was his first top 10 finish since 2017 as a fantasy quarterback. And it's just like, he's only getting older. He's 34 years old. Um, I mean, do you love the Vikings outline Dobbs? Like, That's the thing is, no, I don't love their line. They do. I'll, I'll say this. Christian Derrissaw, Brian O'Neill, you know, like you, it's like you got good pieces. Bradbury's good. Okay, I'm capping. I'm capping. They have they have good pieces, but I I don't love the line. I guess they're not they're not like an absolutely incredibly elite unit. Yeah. And again, I'm with you though. My main thing is like you. Oh, we got an (laughs) alarm going off. 
probably my alarm to post on the TikTok that it is. But, you know, my thing is, look, again, like we've been saying, Kirk Cousins is the driving factor here. Like, Kirk is getting older. Do you really believe in Kirk? I don't. And then I love Alexander Madison. I'm not a big guy. I don't think I'm he's going to replace Dalvin Cook. No. And it's like, love Jordan Addison too. We know the receiving core is stacked, but receiving core can't completely carry you. And I just think there's a big, big re- regression coming for the Vikings. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to throw this out there. And I think this is this will be good for a clip, but I also think this is true because we've talked about it a couple times. If the Vikings are not, if, if for whatever reason the Vikings completely take a downturn and are not competing for an NFC playoff spot, which they really should in the weak NFC, when does Kirk Cousins get traded for Trey Lance? So yeah, that, so that whole thing, if I'm understanding correctly, the Rams and the Niners are both cheesing for him. Yeah. I know Matt Stafford is sick hearing this BS. But it's crazy because like they're the same age. But I honestly think the injury to Stafford is a lot more nagging than people think. Well, I remember when it first got reported how people were saying like this is going to be something that lasts a long time. And then it just seemed like it was getting swept under the rug so yeah, fast. Yeah. I'm like, okay, Matt Stafford's career is in danger and yet no one's talking about it. <laughs> Thank your point. I think it's gotten it just got swept under the rug for whatever reason. Who somebody was paid good to make sure that it wasn't broadcasted that Stafford is over here dealing with like crippling pain. <laughs> But it's the reality situation right now. And it's not it's not funny. It's just funny that it's it's like somehow, some way, again, this stuff like this gets swept under the rug. And now we're here with Kirk Cousins potentially being the Rams QB next year. Fucked up situation. Well, I, I guess that's my thing too, Dobbs, is like, let's say Kirk Cousins goes down. Like, God forbid he gets injured. Nick Mullins? Like, did they cut? Did they when cut uh, Nick Kellen Mullins? Mond? Wait, hold on a minute. I don't see him. Wait, 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 hold on. Because I actually have not kept up with the Kellen Mond situation. Let's Kellen take a look. Mond? He's the Browns. He's a, on the Browns now. Okay. See, I there's no way he starts ever for the Browns, even if Sean Watson shits the bread, because DTR is going to be a superstar in the league. Yeah, no, I. that is like an interesting situation over there. I dude, love DTR. Dude, that is going to be it's kind of fun over there. That's a, They got to use him as a gadget at some point this year, dude. Um, But yeah, no. uh. If you want to take it, we're at 16. Yeah, let's get it, bro. All right. Oh, they're going to be so sick. They're going to be sick, too. Oh, but these no. two franchises are like the same thing, bro. They are the AFC and NFC version of each other. Oh, man. Can you guess who's coming next? Up at number <laughs> 16, we got the Los Angeles Chargers, a.k.a. the AFC Vikings. That's crazy. But they look, were 18 last year. Oh, yeah, so they were 18 last year. And it's like, let us be clear. Having the Chargers this, even though they're, I guess they're in directly in the middle, Having them this low, it does feel kind of effed up. But hear us out, okay? Thing about it is, Eckler is getting older. Still productive back, but getting older. Does Mike, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen still scare you like they used to? <laughs> Me personally, they don't, especially because they're injured half the year. That's a huge volatile situation. I love Quentin Johnston, but again, rookie year. <laughs> Trey Pipkins. <laughs> <laughs> the Chargers O line situation is st- again. Mine is Corey Lindsley. Rashawn Slater is just not good. <laughs> You're starting. We're literally crying, laughing with Trey Pipkins. <laughs> like, bro, like, fix it, bro. Chargers are. We were just gonna say it. This is what we were saying before the show. Is right now with the hype they get, the Chargers are in fraudulent territory. I will straight up say it again. Not that they shouldn't be, but the hype they get. 
the 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 volatility with the skilled players they have, it's just Trey Pipkins starting a right tackle. They, it's just there's there are genuinely really real problems with this team, and people just like to glaze over it because Justin Herbert's as talented as he is. That's the point is we're not gonna. We'll be real with you. I think the Chargers are a mid-tier offense. Yeah. I something someone that uh they sleep on him a little bit. I think Gerald Everett is actually underrated, but they were last in run blocking and they were 17th in pass blocking last year. So it's just like, bro, like the O line is so important. It's like I, I do think it'll be different this year with the OC, but no, I completely agree, dude. I'm literally crying at Trey Pickens like that. Because <laughs> I just remember you and Connor were slandering him one podcast. <laughs> and he's still there. <laughs> like that line coach had all offseason to evaluate. Like, yeah, keep Trey. Keep him like Like, this. get Andrew Wiley. Why would you not just get Andrew Wiley? There's so bro? many things they could have done, bro. And it's like, yeah, and he's still there. That actually is hilarious. That is too funny. All right, so then at number 15, we got the Denver Broncos. Last year at 28. So again, you're probably asking yourself, what the hell are these guys talking about? How are the Denver Broncos can make that big of a jump? When really, not a ton has changed. Well, again, that's the thing is, if you're if you're a casual, you don't realize a lot has changed because Sean Payton is the coach of the Broncos now. And this, this scheme is not just any normal scheme. This is a truly game-changing, offense-changing scheme. The Broncos operate on a completely new, I don't know, I'm not struggling to think of an adjective. But they will operate on a whole new in a whole new way next year. It'll be things will be completely different. They'll be bleeding the clock a lot more. It'll be a lot more balanced run pass. The Broncos offense is going to be good. Even if things aren't amazing, it will at least be a productive, fun offense, which is not close to what they had last year. It's gonna be a lot different. They did upgrade the O-line too with McClinchy and Powers. I, I think their O-line is good. I think a lot of people sleep on Dolchich and Facts. Sutton was hurt last year. So he's coming back. Jerry Judy, I think, can take a step this year. Javante Williams tore his ACL. Um, who didn't they sign a running back in, in Denver? I I can't remember what his uh I can't remember who it was. They have um oh they have Samaj P. Ryan. That's right. So I guess I guess I saw an interview or it was something. I can't remember what it was. So don't I'm not gonna don't quote me exactly, but basically from my understanding. P Ryan was a free agent and he got a call from Sean Payton and he was like, listen, do you know how much I run the ball? And then that's when he signed. That's hilarious. Samaji P Ryan, man. It's going to be so. Okay. So and then I think who's their third back? Cause they have um, Javante P Ryan. Cause I was gonna say, cause that's my thing is then we know Sean's going to, he's going to use all three of them. Like, like it, that Sean Payton uses his backs. Who's their Cause I, Tony Jones Jr., Tyler That's, Bates. That was what it was, because Tony Jones was productive on the Saints for a short time. And they have Tim Patrick. Wait, was it Tim Patrick that tore his ACL? Or was it he Cor- did. No, he did it. Yeah. I think also, though, if I'm not mistaken, hold on. Let me just see how many games. I swear Cortland Sutton was hurt last he, year. Unf- Cortland Sutton is one of those guys where, unfortunately, his whole kind of career so far, it's like at some point he's always hurt. But no, he did. He missed a couple games, but okay, played 15 okay. last year. So. Oh, okay. It was Tim Patrick I was thinking of. Then. Yeah, my bad. Now, I love Tim Patrick. So, you know, good hands. It's a nice, safe receiver. Yeah. Not tons of them left in the league anymore nowadays. It's a nice, safe receiver. Yeah. All righty. All right. And now it's for number 14. We got the Jets. And last year, they were 31. So, again, another big jump. I think this one, though, you're probably obvious. a little more understanding. Well, yeah, why, why this one is going here. But, again, regardless of just Aaron Rodgers, you got young guys making a jump. Um, the O-line situation, though, I will address right off the bat. It could be very scary, especially with an old Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if Joe Tittman comes in and is not playing good, Mekhi Becton comes back, not moving around, can't move around. He's, he just keeps getting, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case. I hope it's not the case, certainly. But 
we're talking about worst case scenarios for this offense. I mean, that is reality. And if they don't play well, it's going to be really hard for this young receiving core to play well with Aaron Rodgers. But again, running back situation too, awesome. I think we love a lot of things about the Jets. I think Tyler Conklin is going to be a sneaky, nice fantasy target again, even though he was last year's like So then this year with A-Rod, for sure. Um, yeah, it's just the Jets just minus the O-line thing going, going on. Everything else is really solid situation. But again, the O-line is just, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it's a mystery. Yeah. So it's an injury I'm, mystery. It is. It's an injury mystery, a youth mystery. But I think we're more confident than not. Yeah, the Jets last year were, um, uh, what was it? They were... 30th in pass blocking and then run blocking they were see bro I feel, oh, 27th and and another thing too is like I love and we you mentioned this earlier if Rodgers gets hurt it's literally just like the Jets last year it would be it, it, like with like a slightly more polished Zach Wilson but yeah again it's like he's not gonna be making big strides and it's like yeah that's gonna no. be a really rough situation but if we go it, bro their wide receiver room is so deep Lazard, Hardman, Davis, Wilson, Mims. That was one thing I did actually really want to say that I forgot about is you talk about someone who could make a humongous leap in productivity from the beginning of their career to now. Mikul Hardman, if he can get a good connection going with Rodgers where he even gets that that ball deep one time a game, that's a 50, 60 yards every week. Their their running back room is deep as well. They they are a very deep team in a lot of good, like very important positions. Yeah. All right, on to number 13. Kind of sucks. We feel like we had him, like we said, a little early, but there's so many good offenses in the league. We're going Jacksonville Jaguars right here. And then last year, Jaguars had finished 20th. So regardless, though, big jump coming. Um, and I think the thing is, you know, obviously where we start, me and Hunter, how we feel is we love Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is in line to make a humongous jump next year. Yeah. Um, Great receiving core. Calvin really coming back. So much fun. Evan Ingram, huge jump last year. Yep. Evan Ingram, just there's a lot of good things you can say about him. Um, Anton Harrison, rookie right tackle, again, and my and not just him. You have at the least it's just solid. They have a very solid old line. There's yeah. nothing really crazy about it, but it's also not a bad unit by any means. A very solid, um, just just group. And uh, Travis Etienne, so much upside. They were tenth in pass blocking and thirtieth in run blocking. Um, so we'll see. I mean, like obviously there were they weren't like a super run heavy team, if I remember right, and like. With Calvin Ridley, um, Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, and why am I blanking right now? I watched I watched a lot of them last year. Zay Jones. I was blanking on Zay for a second, too. I can't even cap to you. I totally was. And they got Dearness Johnson, I like, Travis Etienne. They they they're pretty they they're pretty deep on offense. I, I like their I like their offense. So I'm interested to see second year under Doug Peterson. I was gonna say that's another thing I see. Yeah, Doug Peterson effect. Jack Calvin Rose? Ridley could make a gigantic jump this year. Not jump, but like step back. Right. I would say come right back and just be how what we're used to. Yeah. All right. And then you got Christian Kirk as the two. Like, yeah. come on, bro. They are like, stacked out. We saw Christian Kirk was balling out as the one last year. Like, we don't so this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to see this year. I uh I'm gonna be watching every Jaguars game. I was even if they're not gonna be fun, but yeah. like this could be. I'm excited to watch every Jaguars game. That's what I'll say. Right on to number twelve. Again, talk about a team we might feel like have them a little early, but we have good reasoning for it. We have good explanation. We got the Buffalo Bills, and they were number nine last year, so a bit of a regression. At least we see coming crystal ball effect here. But again, I can't speak for Hunter, but me personally, biggest reason here is look, Josh Allen last year towards the end of the year, just so many things going wrong. <laughs> Weird situation. Bless you, bro. Thank you. Uh, and the O-line, just 
I am not a fan of this O-line group, minus Deion Dawkins. And again, Deion Dawkins is not an absolute game changer either, not a world beater at left tackle. Um, I do like Dalton Kincaid a lot, like you're saying. That, that is the fun, that's what I'm really looking yeah. forward to seeing this year. But then also, Stephon Diggs, diva situation going on. How's that going to go? I certainly don't know. And then Gabe Davis as your number two. I'll tell you from last year from fantasy perspective, ew, I really hope he bounces back and has a better year this year, but sold me, especially my fantasy championship. So I got a sour taste in my mouth. Um, and then, yeah, it's just uh, Deontay Hardy as well. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, I got love for Deontay Hardy. I used to be really high on him. Didn't do anything since I started getting high on him. And then it's like, well, now I can't, I can't talk about him anymore. So it's like, and if that's your wide receiver three, it's already kind of a scary situation to begin with. Yeah. Deontay Hardy struggles to stay healthy. Yeah, the Bills are just not minus the literally it's minus Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. You kind of got to ask yourself what about them deserves to be a top 10 offense. And I think that's the problem. Can two guys really push you into the top 10? Well, for us, it couldn't. I don't think so. I mean, like they were the 21st in pass blocking last year and 20. Oh, I did it wrong. Uh, 30. Oh, what am I doing, dude? I'm in the wrong thing. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in run, not run block. That makes sense. That uh, they make were 28th sense. and run block. So like sub 20 for both, both the uh, passing and running. And like, like we said, like you take Diggs and Allen out of this offense. It's kind of like what they didn't improve the running game. They drafted Kincaid, but it's like Gabe Davis. So hit or miss to me. Like last year was supposed to be his breakout. So unless he breaks out this year, I just, I don't see how the, like, genuinely like I don't see how the Bills got any better on offense this year because tight ends usually take like three years to break out anyway so I just even amazing ones like yeah I don't know it's because tight ends play late into their career that's the thing like good tight ends play very late in their career so it's like they don't break out for a while like you're looking at Komet who's finally breaking out or like uh go dare he's like 27 28 he had a breakout year last year like it just takes a while for those guys no it does unless you're one of those guys like Pitts, where then in return now you're having the reverse effect like the breakout was too early and then so art smith effect yeah i think that's just art smith effect stuff going on but yeah the point still stands regardless titans take a while and yeah it's just really what got better i'll tell you i don't think of anything but what got worse i can name a lot of things including the chemistry of the team so I don't know. And I like, I really do want to like, I like have love for the bills because I have love for almost any team that has never gotten over that hump. Like it's like the bills just have that. You want them to do something, you know, yeah. but reality situation is I just, the feeling is not how it was a year or even two, especially two ago Mm-mm. for the bills right now. No, I, yeah, I'm, I'm over them. I'm over them. I'm over on the hype of the bills. Right. On to number 11. And get just, we're on a little streak of teams where it feels like we have them a little early, but I want you, them higher. I want them a lot higher, but I had to restrain myself. Yeah, we 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 went we we stuck with logical approach. We also stuck with putting teams that have volatility towards the back end of the list, even if we're still really high on them, like we are on the Seattle Seahawks, who we have here at number eleven. And last year they were at number fourteen. So, but hey, that still is a jump, no matter how you want to look at it. Not as big of a jump maybe as Seahawks fan wanted to hear, but again, we still project you guys being an awesome offense. Seahawks have so many things to like. I mean, the O-line group is nothing crazy. But again, you got good pieces on it. You know, you got, look, my big thing is Damian Lewis, too, underrated player. Abraham Lucas, good tackle, good young tackles can keep getting better. Um, not, But then receiving core, fantastic. Noah Fant, nice big target tight end. Geno Smith finally breaking out 10 years into his career, but you'll take it. Fun. Kenneth Walker 
in line to be one of the best packs in the league potentially for the next few years with the way running backs lifespans work. Depends on how many, you know, how often Zach Charbonnet is eating, but regardless of Zach Charbonnet too, that's the point is you have so many mouths on the Seahawks offense. How could I forget Jackson Smith and Jigba? I mean, there's just, there's so much fun about the Seahawks offense. If you're not watching Seahawks football, you're not a Seahawks fan, you're tripping. They're going to be tons of fun to watch. Yeah, definitely the weakness of this um, offense is the O-line. Now, Charles Cross and um, Lucas, Abraham Lucas, they both had good years last year, and they're both rookies, right? So like, It's weird Lucas had the better year, than, but they're still both, yeah, like, both really solid young tackles. Yeah, so like, as long as they like take a step up, um, I mean, Damian Lewis was pretty decent last year and he's going in, he was in the 2020 class. So, you know, your weaknesses are really at like a center or right guard. I mean, right guards really like where you'd want to improve, but overall, I mean, this offense, like it all relies on Gina. Like I don't, as long as their offense, offensive line can take like at least just one step forward this year. And Geno Smith plays exactly how he did last year, or maybe like even just like an inch better. They're a top three seed in the NFC. And then I, I said that last video and I'll say it again. Like they're a top three seed in the NFC. Absolutely. Seahawks are, they're being slept on a little too much. We're not going to be doing it. I'm not snoring. We are definitely not snoring on the Seahawks. We're, we're, we're not writing back either. So no, I will never write back. All right. And then number 10, we got the Dallas Cowboys last year at number 15. I think I just, I love the spot here for the Cowboys. I think a lot of people are going to have them a lot higher, but we're not going to be, we're not going to be tricked by Dak Prescott. We're just not. Because again, Dak could go off and have an amazing year, but we just, we see the plot and we know Dak is just, he's kind of reckless. And uh, I just can't put faith in him, especially if he was my fantasy QB last year. I have fan, I have a real thing. I have fantasy spite. If you sell me a fantasy, I'm going to have to be spiteful on the low key for a long time afterwards. That's how I feel about Dak. But again, not just Dak. The whole offense, you got a really good group. I mean, come on. The receiving core is stacked. The O-line, I don't want to say stacked, but it's a, it's about as close to being stacked as you could be. It's above average unit. Um, Blake Ferguson's a good tight end, good young upcoming tight end. I mean, the Cowboys are essentially loaded if you want to talk about the offense as a whole. But that's the thing is, Dak Prescott, it's just it just leaves a sour taste in your mouth after all these years of... Uh, of the it's like a roller coaster it's like a dac coaster and i frankly i'm over it so i think having them right on the fringe of the single digits where i like it but we just know dac could sell this offense yeah it has it's he's on the press coaster i don't know that was like i was going through my head like trying to figure out like which ones at least sounded like okay that was the only way um <laughs> he's going on the press coaster dude luke Schoonmaker, rookie tight end see how he does like brandon cooks like you said Tony Pollard, this is going to be his first year where he's really going to be the dominant back. Like, I think last year they really split the carries with him and Zeke. Um, yeah, I mean, like, their offensive line, 11th in run blocking, 14th in pass blocking. So, like, we, I was doing all the clips, and we were slandering the fuck out of Dak. Like, slandering the hell out of him. But, but looking at this offense... How do you underperform with this offense? How do you like, not at least get like? How do you not at least get to the NFC Championship? I'm talking about this in the year. NFC. Like this, it's, it's a NFC. joke, and this goes on. We agree with Mike McCarthy too. We already touched on this, but this is Mike and Dak. You talk about the the people who have uh, the most pressure on them as a duo. Yeah. It's them because if shit does not work down there, we know whose fault it was already. Yeah, it's, it's Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. Yeah, I mean, he had 23 touchdowns last year, 15 interceptions. 
It was just so reckless, too. Like every interception was just something where you're like, it's like playing you're playing Madden against a yeah. bad opponent. Where you're like, did they really just throw that? And I like, know that's that's what it, and that's why it kills you. Like, I know the argument was like, oh, like they're a good team, like they can afford it, right? But like, it was just kind of like, but do you want that from your quarterback? Yeah, no, that's it, it, I don't <laughs> like me. I don't know about I don't know about all the other fan bases. Me personally, though, I don't like when my quarterback goes from playing like a fringe MVP one year to playing like him like he's struggling to make the roster next year. And that's again, Cooper Rush was playing at about the level Dak was. I mean, it's <laughs> like there's just when you look at it from that point of view, you have to be discouraged. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a lot to say about the Cowboys, but and now the, here the Cowboys are an interesting team. Is the Cowboys of the NFC West? That's hilarious. No, literally, recently for sure. Come up here, we got the Cowboys NFC West from the, over the last five years. I was playing, but come on, we got the San Francisco 49ers here at number nine. Last year, they were the fourth best offense. So a slight regression we see incoming. But if you're not a Niners fan, I mean, come on, you have to. You, I think you're probably on the same page as us right here. Where again, still gonna be a good offense. But let's be honest for a second, right? Minus Trent Williams, the O line is just not very good, and they're young, weird group. You don't know how to feel about a lot of people on that group. Brock Purdy. Like Brock Purdy a lot, but you talk about a situation where, especially coming off injury, mm-hmm. could go south quickly. For sure, I'm not sold on him. Brock Purdy being a for like a full time NFL starter yet, because again, that has to be earned. And uh, the receiving core, though, I'd say is one of the highlights of the team for sure. Christian McCaffrey, awesome. You know, that's had my is my best running back in the league. Um, George Kittle, fantastic, amazing tight end, great blocker. Really is one of the big things that lets the scheme be the way it is. But that's kind of thing too. Is hey. George Kittle gets injured. A few people get injured. This offense goes kind of goes south quick. And that's kind of a big thing for me is why we couldn't put them any higher. So, yeah, I mean, like Trent Williams is going to be 35 years old. So it's just like, don't get me wrong. He's still probably the best tackle in football, but it's like, how many more years do you have of that? And if you take Trent Williams away from this line, it's kind of garbage. It they, is garbage. And they lost McGlinchey. I mean, they were 10th. They're 10th in run blocking. Fifth in pass blocking last year, or no? Wait, what the hell? I'm in the pass one again. <laughs> They're fifth in pass blocking, but it's just like Samuel is injury ridden, Kittle's injury ridden. You know, even you potentially like you. So it's like, I just like I don't know. Like they're gonna be good. Like that's a fact. They're good every year. It's just like I feel like one day it's just all gonna fall apart. Like, there's no more, like, not that they've glued this offense together, but doesn't it not feel like they're gluing, like, the holes in it? No, it does. And, again, the offensive line was kind of what has been carrying them over these past few years. Yeah. And I know Kyle Shanahan can make any offensive lineman look a lot better, just the way the scheme is and how much easier it is to play in. But it just, you know, you're not going to take guys who are grading out at 50 and make them to like 80s. It's just, you'd be maybe lucky no. to move them to 60, well, and that still is not going to move the needle for the way the offense. This offense it needs dominant run blockers. They don't have a lot of them, and that's just going to be the Achilles heel, I think, this year. Well, their center is 30. Their guard, uh, Banks, is 25, and then Spencer Buford's 22. Um, McKivitz is 27. So, and he graded okay. It's just like, I don't, I here's my thing. I don't see how the offense is better this year. Absolutely not. I would say they lost a good 15%. Okay. At least. I That's think it's fair. a good way I think of it. That's fair. I like this team next. This next team. Yeah, this one's going to be fun. And I, a lot of people are going to hate us for this one, but I, that's how we like it. We, we we like it when you have to, you didn't see the plot and we did. We like it that way. If we were putting, if we were being aggressive, I would put the Seahawks and them higher. No, for sure. 
for sure. This one is going to be, I mean, I'm excited to see the comments on this one. Because at number eight, we got the Cleveland Browns, who rounded out number 10 last year. Surprisingly enough, I would have thought it was lower than that. But sure enough, Browns rounded out of 10 last year. Let's take a look at this lineup, man. So, obviously, if you're just looking at Deshaun Watson's sample size from last year, you're not going to be as high as on this team as we are. But I'm not going to look at it from last year. I'm going to look at how I view Deshaun Watson as a quarterback, as a talent. Top five talent. Talent in league. And a lot of people are not going to like Deshaun Watson anymore. I get it. People are going to hate me for saying that. But Deshaun Watson, in terms of pure talent, really about as talented as almost anybody. Um, Nick Chubb, fantastic running back. All-world running back. Just an absolute bell cow. Receiving core? I think I'm higher on it than a lot of people are. I think I like Elijah it. Moore is going to break out. I think I love Donovan Peoples-Jones. He kind of already broke out a bit last year, but I can see him having a better even than last year, year this upcoming. And then Amari Cooper, one of the best route runners, if not the best route runner in the whole league, just a technician. Um, David Njoku broke out last year, great tight end. The O-line is just stacked out. Um, they're, they're a great offense. And if you don't if you don't agree with that, you just need to... Uh, I don't know. You're lying, actually. If you don't think the Browns are a good offense, you're either an a- NFC North fan or you're a liar. <laughs> they were seventh in pass blocking and eighth in run blocking. So it's like, as long as they take a step forward, they'll be okay. And then you have like, their wide receiver room is deep. Elijah Moore, uh, Marquise Goodwin, David Bell, Jakeem Grant, uh, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And then obviously you have Nick Chubb. You know, you Jerome Ford, who I've heard some talk about, Njoku. It's just like a team that like, I feel like with a real quarterback now this year, they're going to take, they should, they will be what they should have been last year if Deshaun played the whole year. Facts. No, that, and that's why, that's exactly what I, how I feel. And it's like their floor is very high. I mean, realistically, the floor is high this year as long as people stay healthy. I agree. All right. On to number seven, we got the Baltimore Ravens who finished out at number 11 last year. All right. Pull up the Ravens here. I mean, we, we all know what the Ravens start with. I mean, they start and uh, they kind of end with Lamar, but that's just that. Because it's not even just, I can't even say it's just Lamar. Because again, the reason we have them here isn't just that. It's that, hey, I am, I don't want to say even high on the receiving core, but certainly higher than last year. Adding OBJ gives you a new layer of, you know, it gives you new, it gives you some depth. It gives you a new layer of, it gives you a new way to attack. And then the offensive line, minus left guard situation, I'm high on the offensive line situation. Uh, Mark Andrews is an amazing tight end. J.K. Dobbins, when he's healthy, good running back you know, deep running back situation. So we love the Ravens offense. And obviously Lamar drives you higher because of what he can do with his likes. And just Lamar's just an incredible talent. The floor for this offense is really high. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm not uh, too big of a fan of the running backs. I'm a big Zay Flowers guy. And I think, I think pushing Bateman to your three is good. Um, I think Lamar is going to take a step forward. I think here's my thing. They, the, the Ravens were second in run block last year and they were 22nd in pass block. So they can improve that. But, um, okay. So I think the offense may not be great at the beginning of the year. Like, I think it's going to think it's going to be something that takes quite a while to, to get there just because it is a new offense. There's a lot of new pieces on it, but by the end of the year, like once this thing's like fully moving in motion, like I think you're gonna be like, okay, I, I, the Ravens are going to be like a high scoring offense, like very high scoring. They're going to be scary right on the playoffs time. And to that point where they're going to be going, like they might be clicking at just the perfect time. Like they made the playoffs last year. Right. And they almost beat the Bengals yes. with Tyler Huntley. And it's like, they're going to have Lamar. And if Lamar stays healthy, they're going to be something to be reckoned with. Oh, absolutely. All right. Then we're getting close to top five here. 
All right, number six. Right outside the top five. Got the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons fans probably a little upset at this, dropping down halfway because you were number three last year. But hear us out, you know, because I think Falcons fans would agree. Number three last year, even a little bit of an anomaly. Not they weren't a good offense, but they got in a lot of shootouts, a lot of, you know, things that helped drive that to where they could be number three offense. Because the end of the day, even though they're putting up a lot of yards, I don't think we would say that they were a top three offense in terms of talent or anything like that. I, you know, you get my point. But hey, Desmond Ritter makes a jump. Bijan Robinson is going to be an amazing running back. We already know this. The O-line situation, actually, weird to say, but really good. I mean, you know, especially if Matthew Bergeron steps in, plays really good. I mean, they had, they have a scary O-line. Uh, Kyle Pitts, he should be a terrifying tight end. Art Smith, for some reason, hates him. <laughs> like, you, you, have, you have the most, arguably, genuinely, you have a top three most skilled tight end in the league. They just, he just doesn't get used as such. I think that'll change. Receiving core. Nothing absolutely incredible, but Matt Collins, Drake London, like that's a really good starting too. I think that's, you got a lot of good talent there. And again, the way they run the ball, like the Falcons just dominate the clock and then they will dominate you. That's what they're trying to do. And they have a good team to do that. I mean, so we know and Art Smith, good offensive technician. We just don't think really that the, we just don't really think that uh, the Falcons are going to fall too much. Yeah. I mean, like I would almost utilize like Cordero Patterson, um, more in like a wide receiver role. You have Tyler Algier and Bijan. Like that helps a lot because like I'm not that I'm not high on Matt Collins, but if they had like one more receiver, like I'd be a little bit more confident in them. And then like obviously like I've said this before, like I'm not too high on Desmond Ritter. I would rather see Taylor Heineke play. Um, but if you put it off, if you put another like quarterback in there and then like another receiver, this offense is like really, really, really good. No, I mean seriously, like that's that's what's weird is. I think the O-line, though, is really what drives this this group and Bijan. Like, it's like the identity of what they do really well yeah. is one of the best in the league. And so it's like, and they already performed so well. It's like, we just couldn't push them really that far down. It's like, we respect enough what they do up there in Atlanta. Yeah. We just couldn't push them. We just don't think they're going to replicate that exact same success. I just think the other teams got better, which pushed them back. Exactly. They're, they're in one of those situations. All right. Into the top five. You know, if you've been listening to this pod for any period of time, you know, we're pretty high on this team, even though it's one of Hunter's rivals right here. We got the Detroit Lions, man. And last year, we rounded out at number seven. So just jumping up two spots here. But when you get into the top five, pretty big jump. And uh, again, we just talk about really good, just well-rounded groups. The Lions are not weak at any position. They're not. Um, I would say the best thing is for the Lions is they're not even below average at any position. They're really not. Because uh, I think Jamison Williams' upside is so high. It's like, yeah, Josh Reynolds, would you like seeing him? He's like your wide receiver three. Maybe he's not the most exciting thing, but still is a productive player, smart player. And then, again, the rookie situation, we got three rookies starting on offense. Maybe not the best. Well, I'm sorry, that's not true. You have two rookies starting offense, and then you also have Vitae coming back again. Hasn't played last year. But, again, if he comes back and plays well, again, this O-line is stacked. Uh the, whole, the, the offense is stacked. Sam Porta, I think, is going to be a really good tight end. He's coming from tight end university. If that, if that means anything, he's going to be an amazing player in the league. Yeah, I uh, I like the Lions, um, even though I like the Bears. Like I I don't like the Vikings. I don't like, I hate the Packers. But the Lions, I've always liked. Um, you just can't hate them. Uh, I like Laporta. I love their own line. Would like to see them get another receiver in there. Um, Gibbs is nice. Montgomery will play his role. You know, I, people sleep on golf. And, like, another thing that's a big thing that, like, uh, I want to bring up is, like, even if golf gets hurt, 
I feel confident enough where Hennon Hooker can step in and just like run the offense. So that might, yeah, like I mean, hundred percent. You talk about good backup situations. The Lions have got to be towards the top. And I don't care that Hennon Hooker has not played a snap in the league. I think Hennon Hooker is a future starter in the league. I don't know if it's gonna be for the Lions, but the point is, you got talent at that position group. Yeah, I agree. And there's not much to say. They just improved what they did last year. And uh, Ben Johnson is a cooker. Ben say, Johnson and Art Smith, probably some of my favorite coaches right now. Yeah, I'll say the Ben Johnson effect. I was literally just going to say, it's like the Art Smith effect of the Detroit version, except he doesn't hate his tight ends. <laughs> All right. On to number four. Well, I don't four. know. They traded Hawkinson. Yes, that's true. Maybe, yeah. No, maybe this is just a trend. <laughs> All right. On to number four. We're outside the top three. You got a good feeling about this one. You think you're thinking two different teams here. Did you get it right? Because we got the Miami Dolphins last year rounded out. Wait, hold on. We got a statistical potential error here because I see that we have the Lions and the Dolphins both that grounded out at number seven. They, they tied. They, they tied. Oh, shoot. Oh, we got a tie over here for last year. Okay. So, yeah, so the Dolphins tied the Lions in terms of offensive productivity last year. And, you know, if you've been following football at all this offseason, you already knew. They went, we went into this offseason. The Dolphins were a stacked offense. And then here we are now. And uh, they just got more stacked. They got better. Uh, again, the offensive line situation, uh, you know, Liam Eikenberg, you don't know how you feel about it. And then also Austin Jackson, do you know how you feel about it? Uh, not a huge fan. But it's just everything else about the offense and adding Devin and Shane through the draft, I think they're just so electric that it's like you can sacrifice the two line positions and still have them as high on the list. Again, are they as potentially well-rounded as some of these other teams? No, but their superstars drive them higher, and they have the they have some speedy, amazing superstars. And it's just like you can't really you can't disrespect them and move them down this list. I mean, th- that's how electric the electric players are. So I don't have a ton to say. Um, what I will say is it really hinges on if Tua can stay healthy, which I really hope he does because I do like Tua. Um, I their their run blocking last year was seventh. Their pass blocking was pretty bad. It was 29th. Their line has like holes in it, which I don't like. Um, but you know, with you know, you talked about Devin Shane with the potential addition of De- uh, Dalvin Cook. Um, that could be something that would be really interesting. I'd like to see them get like a like a tight end in there too. Um, Smythe, what is his name? I can't remember his first name. Durham. Durham Smythe, what a name. Interesting interesting player too because he makes plays every once in a while. Like I'll give him credit. Like Durham Smythe yeah. makes some plays like he does. I think, I, they, don't forget, they have chosen Anderson. I don't know why they did that, that but so it's just add depth. But um, I, I think if, if Tua can say healthy, I think like the, the Dolphins just take a step forward kind of like they're just another year in the system. Exactly. No, absolutely. And they just, they're already loaded. Dolphins just got a good fun group. All right, into the top three. I think you know where we're going here. We're going Cincinnati Bengals, who last year had finished actually number three offense as well. So the Bengals are going to be our one team here where, if I'm not mistaken, actually, no, I can't say that, but they, they, are, they stayed the same. And so anyways, right into what makes the Bengals so good is Joe Burrow for starters. I mean, you got the gunslinging, poised, Already veteran, even though he's so young, just he's just amazing. Joe Mixon, really solid running back. We were saying, I don't know, kind of a volatile situation over there, but at, at, at the least, he is still a productive, solid running back. And then you got an amazing receiving core. You could argue best in the league. And um, the O-line group, still not amazing, but again, above average. And uh, if, if Orlando Brown can step in and be productive and Jonah Williams can step over to the right tackle and still be good, I don't worry about it too much. 
Yeah, the Bengals were 31st in pass block and 21st in run block, which is weird because I don't I think that maybe, you know, I don't I'm not going to pull this up right now because it's going to take me too long and I'm just going to talk in circles until I find it, but I think they played really really bad at the beginning of the year and I think it kind of leveled out, so that may be like bringing their numbers down, but yeah, I mean, like just another year of Joe Burrow building chemistry with those receivers. Um, if they can find a way to keep T. Higgins around, the Bengals are going to be scary for a long time. Long time. There's really not much to say on this team. Yeah, but again, I got they one last it up with thing. Orlando Brown. That's about yeah, it. See, the, and the one last thing I could have for you is like, hey, adding Irv Smith, that yeah. could potentially be big. But if it's anything how it was the first few years of his career, it won't be. But again, talk about potential upside. You'd certainly got some with Irv Smith as well. Yeah. All right. On to number two. Who's it going to be? We're going Philadelphia Eagles, who also last year ground, rounded out as the number two offense in the league. So let's get started here on the Eagles. It's weird. Yeah, like we're rounding up to the bottom of the list here and teams are starting. We got them like right where they were last year. It's kind of funny. All right. But again, you already know. And, and you know, if you follow the show, if you follow anything football related, you already knew this. But the Eagles are absolutely loaded. They're just they're absolutely loaded. Howie Roseman had a masterclass offseason. He's done this a few times. Harry Roseman's kind of addicted to masterclassing in offseason. It's like, his, it's like his thing. He just loves flexing on all the other GMs. Um, but yeah, I mean, wh- there's really not even a lot to say because they are just stacked. There's not one weak position group on the offense. Jalen Hurts made a huge jump. Shit, DeAndre Swift, who is probably like the least exciting starter on offense, is still super exciting. You got him this offseason. I mean, like it's the, that's kind of the point. Is the Eagles are just so loaded. Dallas Cordero is an awesome tight end. Every offensive lineman that's starting for them is above average. It's just the Eagles are stacked. That's all I'm going to say at this point. Yeah, I'm going to see. I'm interested to see how Cam Jurgens steps in. Um, I really like the addition of DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. I think um, if Rashad Penny and Swift can both stay healthy, they'll probably be one of the best running back duos in the league. Would like to see them add like another <sighs> receiver, though. Um, you know, I, it would have been cool to see them like draft like a higher receiver. I know they did that with like Devonta Smith, and then they have. Um, you know, AJ Brown, but it's just like if imagine if they had like a strong number three, but I wonder if they consider like go dare they're like number three. I would say at that point. And hey, like Olmide's a case, he makes some plays I've seen back he's in that Falcons he made some plays. Yeah. And I think for the Eagles, the way the Eagles play football, I can see him making some plays this year as wide receiver three or four too. Yeah. All right. Number one. We we they know who number one is at this point. I mean, if you don't, you're crazy. We got the Kansas City Chiefs at number one, who also finished out last year at number one. And again, this one does not need too much of an explanation because even though everything else about the offense isn't as amazing as some of these other offenses, and don't get me wrong, they have a very good offense at that, and they have very solid position groups at that. Don't get me wrong, but Mahomes is the driving force. Mahomes is the him of the league. Mahomes will be the him of the league until he retires. Um, and there's just not a ton more to say besides that. However, the receiving situation from as opposed to last year, I think has improved. Mm-hmm. You might call me crazy, but I think Kadir's Tony's about to explode. Uh, MVS is going to have another productive year. Sky Moore is going to have an even better year than last year. Rasheed Rice is going to step in. I think he's going to be productive right away. Um, Creed Humphrey's an amazing center. The O-line tackle situation is not anything fantastic, but I think Jawan Taylor's going to play better off the Chiefs than he did for the Jags. And the Chiefs are, are Chiefs. They have Andy Reid coaching them. He's calling the shots. It's like, they're the Chiefs. They're going to put up points. They're going to put up numbers. It does not matter, like I said before we were sort of recording, if he throws to the Grimace on his birthday. He could throw, you could throw Grimace <laughs> out there. On his, you know, it does not matter. Like, Mahomes is going to make it happen. You got and the that's, Hamburglar taking the ball, the, handing off. That's what's so crazy about Andy Reid is you could have Hamburglar taking screens and this offense would find a way to work. I mean, 
I just, it's just like so funny that they're the number one. Cause if you just take this lineup, take out Mahomes, like and line it up against like the other top 10 teams, they're not there. Yeah, no. It's just like, and I like, didn't want to put them here, but I was like, you just can't not, you just can't not. And like, there's really nothing. Like I just am interested to see how Donovan Smith and Juwan Taylor play. I mean, the running back situation is the same and the receivers just get another year to build with Mahomes. It's going to be quite crazy. But that was all 32 teams. That is, I think I think we were flowing really well through that. Uh, that was a good episode. I like that episode. Hopefully you guys liked as much as us. We had a lot of fun. And you know, if you enjoyed, if you like sticking around, checking out some more videos, drop a like, drop a sub, you know, check us out. We appreciate you guys sticking around. Like having you around here. We hope you guys have a great rest of your day.